the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, April the 1st, 2021, in the year of our Lord. For some, today is April Fool's Day. I think we're being fooled enough, so we won't go there. Today, on April 1, 1954, the United States Air Force Academy was established by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Today, in 1789, the U.S. House of Representatives held its first full meeting in New York. Frederick Mullenberg of Pennsylvania was elected the first House Speaker. If the name Mullenberg sounds vaguely familiar, and it will if you are informed on our history, the country's history, the Mullenberg family were highly revered. They are the ones responsible, several of the members of that family, of starting Lutheranism, the churches in America. Um, they, they're they well known among Lutheran peoples to this day. But they also, one of the Mullenbergs was a pastor of a church, and he preached a sermon one Sunday morning just prior to the Revolutionary War, and he preached it from Ecclesiastes, and when he, there is a time for everything. And when he got to the part where it says there is a time, you know, to, to, for fight and a time not to fight, so on, he, he told the congregation, this is the time to fight. And he said, I'm going to join the, the army, uh, George Washington's army, the Continental Army. And he said, I'm going to fight for the freedom of America. He said, I'm going to join the revolution. And he said, I'm going to ask every man in my congregation to follow me. Literally, this happened. He pulled his clerical robe off and he had his uniform on. And he walked down the aisle and he said, every man who wants to see a free and blessed America, follow me. And there's various reports on how many followed, but most of them did, not all. I mean, they literally stood up, walked out the back door of the church and went off to war. I'm not advocating that, but I am saying that was the depth of commitment to what birthed America. How often and how soon some of us forget that. Today in 1933, Nazi Germany staged a day-long national boycott of Jewish-owned businesses. That sounds a little bit like what President Biden is saying this morning about Georgia. So is Coca-Cola. They're, you know, they're Corporate headquarters is in Atlanta, but Georgia has come out with some with some common sense legislation to try to shore up the integrity of their election system in the state, and they've passed it. Now Coca-Cola says they're going to revoke that, or we're going to do something drastic. They're suggesting they might move out of the state. It's huge. They're downtown. If you've been there, you've seen their buildings, and they have a museum and all that kind of thing. I don't think they would move out of Atlanta, but what do I know? But they're threatening to do so. The president this morning came out and said he supports the movement in Georgia to boycott Georgia if they don't 
reverse those laws that the state legislature passed to help the, with the integrity of their statewide elections. I guess some things never change. But anyway, in 1933, the same thing was going on, except it was Nazi Germany directed at Jewish-owned businesses back in, the, in that day. Today, in 1945, American forces launched the amphibious invasion of Okinawa during World War II. The U.S. forces succeeded in capturing the Japanese island on June 22nd. That was a big deal in World War II, as many of you know. Today, in 1970, President Richard Nixon, he signed a measure banning cigarette advertising on radio and television. It took effect after January 1, 1971. Today, in 1976, Apple Computer was founded by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne. Today, in 2003, American troops entered a hospital and rescued Army um, Private Jessica Lynch, She'd been held there as a prisoner since her unit was ambushed in March, on March 23rd uh, of that year, and they were in Afghanistan. Ten years ago today, Afghans angry over the burning of a Quran at a small Florida church. You may remember that. I do. I thought that was the, the way that the pastor did it and what he did was really um, – he probably should have thought that through. It, it didn't seem to be wisdom at the time. But anyway, he did, and he was trying to make his point, but he didn't make a point. In fact, he became very toxic, even among people who supported him, uh, as I recall. I didn't know him, but I remember reading about it. But anyway, they stormed the, uh, the Afghans stormed the U.N. compound in northern Afghanistan. They killed seven foreigners, none of which were Americans. One year ago today, President Donald Trump acknowledged that the federal stockpile of personal uh, protective equipment used by doctors and nurses in a pandemic was greatly depleted, and he warned of some horrific days ahead for the country. That was one year ago today. It's interesting that Associated Press has put out a story about this this morning. They're, they don't mention in anything they say about this that the, the, the federal, the warehouse was empty because during the Obama administration, they used all of the stuff that was supposed to be in the warehouse and they didn't replace it. So Associated Press is throwing this story out there. I'm not trying to defend Trump. He doesn't need me. He's doing great from everything I see in the news. But that's how the news, day in and day out, not in a big and sweeping way usually, but in little ways, like the little foxes spoil the vines, in little ways, they control what America thinks by not telling, not reporting certain things or by reporting other certain things that lead to false conclusions by the general public. Most people aren't analyzing the news. They're not spending a lot of time looking at the news. I mean, they glance at it and they read it. A lot of people do. But they're not spending time looking into it and questioning it, That, as we do here, and I do, uh, for the reasons you know. But... They look at this and they read it, and their opinions are formed as much by what they read as by what is left out. And that is what we deal with each and every day in our country, and it's true around the world. But that's why it's so important that Christians be informed and not just walking in a kind of a state of denial. And, you know, 
I've been in the ministry my entire adult life, and I, I've seen a lot. And I, I love people, but I've seen people in the family of God who are in denial, and they just, well, I, yeah, I know. Well, you know, Joe Biden, he's he says he's a Christian, so that's fine. He says a lot of things, but he denies everything that comes up across his desk that has any Christian connotation, and most things do. He always does not support a Christian view on what he's doing now. He's advancing abortion. He's advancing some of the most bizarre, I mean bizarre, transgenderism and all of this kind of stuff. As he And he's doing so in the name of the Lord, claiming to be a Christian. And, and the more heat he feels from some of the stupid decisions he's making, the more he claims his Christianity and refers to his church. And I've got to go to Mass today, and I go every day, and so on. It, it, it sounds like, it feels like sometimes what maybe Jesus felt like in the streets of Jerusalem when he saw the Pharisees. I don't know, but it could be something like that. Claiming to have a faith, claiming to be living out their faith, the press quickly said that President Joe Biden was the most religious president soon after he was elected and and he was uh, in office. They said he's the most religious president in 50 years. It's pretty hard to put all that together. Maybe he's religious, but he certainly doesn't touch the themes of the Bible very well. And he is always putting this stuff out there, none the least of which yesterday he made a declaration that this is the first in the history of our nation, the first dra- transgender day of visibility. A transgender day of visibility. The President of the United States, he ordered that transgender flags. They're different than the rainbow flags of the LGBTQ plus whatever group. This is different. Their flags have blue and pink on them. That's the same thing we used to do when we used to have baby showers. When As soon as the little child was born, mom and dad and all the relatives, we all knew whether it was a boy or a girl. Boom. I mean, it was not like debated. Yep, that's a boy. <laughs> or Yep, that's a girl. But we've fallen into such a cesspool of confusion. We don't even know. I mean, yesterday... Someone of note was saying publicly, and it was reported in the in the press. And I, I honestly, I didn't make a note to to mention it this morning, but I I can't remember who it was. But I mean, you would know their name, and they were saying yesterday that we science has led us to the point that we can't know the gender of a baby until months after they've been born, and they begin to discover what their gender really is. You tell me, do we need to be light and salt in the culture? I think so. The devil, he's the adversary. The devil is like a roaring lion. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. He said, whom resist steadfast in the faith. 
James spoke to that same issue in chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So the devil isn't all-powerful, but he certainly is on a mission of deception, particularly in our country today and around the world, of course. That's his mission. But the way to stand against that is to, first of all, be sober, be vigilant, understand that your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So what do we do? Resist steadfast in the faith. So we stand on the faith, on the word of God, on the truth of God's word. And we submit ourselves, therefore, to God. We resist the devil. And if we do that, we stand strong in the Lord and resist the devil in whatever area of life you're dealing with something. The Bible says he'll flee from you. So you'll see his back, so to speak. But thank you for your support of this ministry. That's what we do every day to the best of our ability. We try to inform people. We have a growing audience. There's no question about that. And I'm honored and humbled. Thank you for listening. Not all of you agree, but thank you for listening. But a vast majority of you do agree with what we're saying. And you are very uh, generous in your comments when you send checks to support us. I appreciate that. But you don't have to do that. But thank you. It's encouraging. But you understand that what we're doing is important because we need our voice to be heard in the din and the haze of this culture. It is really messed up. And it's getting worse by the day with the current administration. And this is not a political statement. It's simply a moral and a Christian statement. The people that are leading this country today are absolutely out of control on almost every front. I'm particularly focused on the morality and the righteousness in our culture. It's not good. It's not good. I'll come back to President Biden and his his uh, first transgender day of visibility. There's some things that are worth hearing and at least mentioning this morning about that. I wouldn't have talked about it otherwise. But I want to thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Each day this week, Holy Week, last Sunday was Palm Sunday. This Sunday will be Easter Sunday. We've been talking about what Jesus was doing on those days, just in passing. We haven't gotten into it in depth. Yesterday, there's no record of anything that Jesus did on that day on Wednesday of Holy Week. But there's certainly a big record of what he did on Thursday, today. Peter and John, this is taken from Matthew chapter 26, Mark chapter 14, and Luke chapter 22. This is not extra biblical. It's from the Bible. There's other stuff written about him. But I'm just talking about what's in Scripture. But uh, Peter and John were sent to make preparation for the Passover meal. After sunset, they sat down and they ate the meal with the twelve. Jesus was with the twelve. He washed their disciples' feet. Judas got upset. He took off. He departed. It was at this meal that the Lord's Supper was instituted. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He agonized great drops of sweat like blood while his disciples slept. 
the betrayal of Judas started, the arrest by the Sanhedrin took place, the house of the high priest as Sanhedrin is convened, and Peter betrays Jesus. So if you think you're having a hard day today, Jesus had a very difficult day today on Thursday of Holy Week. We'll continue this. As you know, there were a number of trials that took place that happened starting tomorrow, the first trial before Annas and those guys during the nighttime hours. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. And tomorrow will be Good Friday. So I have a little message for you tomorrow as well about Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning. He is risen. Back to the president. NBC explained that this day is dedicated to celebrating transgender people and bringing awareness to discrimination and violence they face every day. That's why America has to have a day to honor transgenders. NBC critically compared Biden's compassion to Trump's refusal to celebrate the sexual confusion and behavior. Are we stumbling toward Sodom? I think we are. I wish we weren't, but I think we are. Is it reversible? I think it still is, but it's getting worse by the day. And the people that are really far left are being held back by Joe Biden, who is not as far left as they, and he's far left. The official presidential proclamation begins with this. Today we honor and celebrate the achievements and resiliency of transgender individuals and communities. Biden explains, I'm quoting the president, their trailblazing work has given countless transgender individuals the bravery to live openly and authentically. The president notes that although much progress has been made in advancing civil rights for LGBTQ plus Americans, too many transgender people, adults and youth, will still face systemic barriers to freedom and equality. He says the crisis of violence also against transgender women, especially transgender women of color, is a stain on our nation's conscience. That's not exactly what the Bible teaches and what has been accepted as normal for millennia. NBC adds to this, they wrote yesterday the Biden-Harris administration is committed to fulfilling the promise of America for all Americans by stamping out discrimination and delivering freedom and equality for all. Hopefully that equality for all will include Christians. Sometimes I get the feeling that equality isn't for all. It's for certain groups, and Christians are not one of them. But does honoring and celebrating a lifestyle that God condemns deliver freedom and equality in any sense? Not just for transgenders, but for people in general, regardless of their sexual behavior. Does it, choosing a lifestyle that God has condemned in his word, does that bring freedom and equality to anyone? Of course it doesn't. And they should know that. But Romans chapter 1, and I don't have time to read it today, but Romans chapter 1 is an introduction. I could see this chapter being outlawed. Honestly, I could. I wouldn't have said this two years ago, but today, I hope it isn't. I'm going to hope that it isn't. But I could see this chapter one of Romans and other portions of Scripture as well being outlawed. Maybe you need to get a 
I don't know, a permit from the government to be able to read that chapter in Romans 1. Because, I mean, that's where we are right now. We're looking over the precipice of that kind of thinking with the power of the government behind enforcing it. So Romans chapter 1 is an introduction to how God views this kind of behavior. As creator, Genesis tells us that God created male and female. Even even I can figure that out. A baby's born, they're either a boy or a girl. If it's a boy, you buy him a kind of a blue shirt or a little cap or whatever, or a sweater. If it's a girl, you buy a pink one. I mean, come on. And these people do this with a straight face. Scriptures clearly condemn any other kind of approach to human sexuality other than God created male and female in his likeness, his image. Honoring perversion certainly doesn't bring equality for all. There's high school students and college-age girls who participate in sports. Now they're being forced to compete directly with boys who identify as girls, and then after the game that they lose to these boys most of the time, they have to go to the shower and take a shower together. How is that equality? How is that progress in the mind of a progressive? Of course it isn't. The feminists lied to our daughters for years and to their parents. The feminists told our daughters over the last generation and are still trying to tell them and their parents that there's no difference between men and women and boys and girls. Anything you can do, I can do. I can do better, they said. Okay, (laughs) but that has led to this. And I'm not suggesting that men are better than women. I would like to suggest that, but I would be knocked down probably before I got out of our family room and out of my house if I said it in front of my wife. But I wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. We're different. One isn't better than the other. Just a cursory understanding of God's plan for humanity, whom he created in his image and his likeness, so he could love us and care for us. We sinned. We rebelled against him and ate of the fruit in the garden. And he sent his son, which we're celebrating this week, and particularly this week in the resurrection of, and the death and resurrection. He sent his son to die for our sins and our, our rebellion. That's how much he loves us. Why do we have to put our fist in his face and say, well, you didn't know what you were doing, God. You created a little boy, and he looks like this and has that, and you created a little girl, and she doesn't have that. But we're not going to accept that. There's a lot of different variations. There isn't just boys and girls. I know this is kind of crude and direct, but that's where we are. And it isn't just a group of people off out here in, you know, the backside of Soho or wherever in New York. It's the president of the United States with the power of the United States behind him, planting flags to celebrate transgenderism, confusion. People who need help are being celebrated and elevated. They don't need to be celebrated and elevated. They need to be helped. I've talked to people with sexual issues and counseled with them, and I know how confusing their lives can be, and my heart goes out to them, and I've prayed and cried with them that God would help them and deliver them. That's what they need. They need the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or at least we need the government to get out of the way and let the church be the church. And neither is happening. These people need help. They don't need to be affirmed. They don't need to be elevated. 
and they certainly don't need to be discriminated against. There is no reason why anyone in America should be discriminated against, verbally or otherwise. How does this salve the conscience of America, though? I mean, does it really make Joe Biden feel better? He said it did. It doesn't salve the conscience of America. It does so only when America has become so deceived we can't distinguish between right and wrong, and that's where we are today in our culture. Mullenberg and some of these founding fathers and some of them in the early days of this country, they understood these principles. Highly educated, but they got it. They weren't trying to create some kind of a progressive remaking of America. They were building a city on a hill, as some referred to it, on the premise and on the principles of God's word. So here we are today. We have turned our face and put our fist in the face of God. Patrick Henry said, when people forget God, and he would have probably added, although he didn't, but or neglect him, tyrants forge their chains. As we go skipping happily down the sidewalk, virtue signaling that we are even better than the Pharisees because we are celebrating the most perverse and most troubling dysfunction, dysphoria, that is being in, in the area of human sexuality that's being celebrated today in the world. And we're skipping along the sidewalk, happy, gay, and we're saying, look how virtuous I am. And the President of the United States is saying, this salves our conscience. We can in good conscience not elevate and celebrate. And I am therefore setting aside a day in which we can celebrate transgenderism. Dear God, what's the matter with us? I'll tell you what's the matter with us. We've neglected God. And we've neglected the truth. There should never, ever be, under any circumstances, be any kind of discrimination. Please underscore that. Violent or nonviolent, directed at anyone for any reason, whether it's LGBTQ+, yada, 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 whatever, they, they keep making that longer. Whether it's transgenderism or whether it's a biblical Christian, there shouldn't be any discrimination in America toward anyone. There is, because we're broken people. But there should not be. They need help. They don't need to be celebrated. All of us are sinners. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is a matter of sin. It's not a special sin. It's not the worst sin. It's a sin. But God's pretty direct about how he feels about it. Human sexuality is very important to God because that's how we sustain ourselves. Men and women get married. Two men don't go off and they they don't sustain a culture or two women. Men and women get married and we have kids and they grow up and have kids and we model, a, hopefully, a godly life. We model a normal man-woman relationship. I mean, it's real simple. But, boy, we have lost our way. And we are, I fear, stumbling towards Sodom. Yesterday, President Biden ordered the flag to be displayed. Transgender day of visibility. One of the first guys to put it out in front of his office was no other than Senator Bernie Sanders, right in front of his office. Thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure, a privilege. We'll continue our conversation right here tomorrow. We'll look at what's happening in our culture. 
We'll look at what's happening in our world, and we'll talk a little bit about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 